0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Jacked Radio. Today I had the absolute pleasure of talking to my friend Lomé Fartau about his life, his career and the lessons that he's learned along the way. If you don't know Lomé and you haven't come across him before, then all you have to do is Google a picture of this man to see him fending off some of the world's best rugby players. Lomé is a really, really humble dude and he's got some really good lessons to share. He's an awesome coach and he's an equally awesome human being, so I'm really looking forward to sharing this one. We went through Lome's experiences growing up in New Zealand, through playing provincial rugby, then into super rugby, playing for Samoa in two World Cups, and how he transitioned out of that into professional life as a personal trainer. We also talked a little bit about the current situation we find ourselves in and the fact that Lome manages all of this as well as being a dad at the same time. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you take as much from it as I did. So for anyone who doesn't know much about yourself, um, this is gonna be a massive question to start. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you to tell me everything about yourself all at once. Um, obviously you you've you've played a lot of you've played a lot of rugby in your time. Um so let's start Kind of right back at the start with you kind of growing up, like what was life like as a, as a young kid and, and what was the kind of journey into rugby in the first place? Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was blessed with, with a lot of uh families that I had around me. Uh, when we grew up, obviously, won't get too much into it, but I had a lot of uh, friends, families. We all kind of grew up together, went to the same schools together, same not so much the same churches, but we we're a family-oriented kind of um, people or culture. Mm-hmm. We were all kind of like based a lot of uh, our culture was from religion, and that. so we all went to churches. And, and most of the churches were pretty close uh, to each other. And that, and, and what I mean is, one of the churches was only just up the road, so we were very close proximity-wise. Um, and at the same time, the schools that we went to were also so-called rivalries. And that, so, and that kind of really gave you kind of like a good feel to be competitive from, from such a young age. Um, you know, I've got five of us in my family. I've got my two younger sisters and my two younger brothers. So for me being the oldest, it was kind of like trying to lead the way. But I had older cousins as well that we kind of like looked up to so for me to look up to them and then obviously pass it on down we grew up doing a whole lot of shit played so many different kinds of sports you know we weren't really didn't have this kind of vision to try and be any kind of pro athlete of any sort um we just played whatever was available to us you know nearly every kid or islander especially you know just just loved to play any kind of sports whether it was you know, softball or soccer or basketball, rugby, you know, we just did whatever it was we could do. Outdoors was, was where we loved our space. And so we got out, caught up with everybody as much as often as we could. The, the, the funny thing was like, you know, even at church, as much as we were kind of like not so much disciplined in a bad way, but like trying to be taught the right way at church and then, but we used to sit out the back for you. And you just hear a whole lot of giggling going on because all the boys are at the back just having a good laugh and talking about, you know, what they got up to and what they're going to get up to, you know. A lot of mischief uh, going on, but that's how we kind of grew up together. Um, you know, fast forward, you know, to 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 get to playing pro, you know, I never had a vision of, oh, this is what I want to do. You know, I followed a lot of my older cousins and one of my cousins was a um, basketball player who played for New Zealand, so for us as kids, we never really had anything else to look up to. So we still, we thought, right, a whole family is kind of playing basketball, so let's, let's all go and play basketball. And that's, you know, that, that, that's how we kind of went forward into college, um, I can't remember what they call it here, high school or whatever, but that's what we did. Um, and we kind of played for, for, for a long time. Even when I finished school, I continued playing basketball. It wasn't until probably in the late uh, 90s when basketball kind of like when a little bit quiet and all my friends were all playing rugby. I thought, all right, I'll go along and have a run around with those guys. Um, and kind of, you know, one thing led to another. Um, coaches saw um, that I had a few abilities and a bit of talent. So I got fast forward into the provincial side, which is kind of like... Um, uh, well you would say here like level one or the the top club rugby's uh level that they play here. And then you get picked to play for like Falcons level here. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's a bit uh, like, like playing way. for
0: Northumberland.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the county if you like. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously after that you'll move on to the to to the so called uh the, the bigger teams. Sweet.
0: So which, which province was it that you were
1: playing for? <laughs> I was playing in Wellington, so the hmm. capital of New Zealand. Uh went to play for obviously my, my, my club Mara St. Pat and then I was picked up from the coaches then selected to play in the the Wellington provincial side. And then from then on went into the super rugby and then on to the, the Samoan national side. So, So, yeah. What was it, uh, what was it like
0: going from kind of your, your provincial like club side up through to, you know, the, the super rugby, what was that like in terms of, in terms of a step up for your career?
1: Yeah, a lot of things happened really quickly for me at the time. Uh, For people who who didn't know my my story back then, like I said, I played a lot of basketball. I didn't really, I started pretty kind of like late as in rugby terms. Um, You know, I wasn't playing rugby till I was in my 20s. So when people saw me come onto the scene, they were just like going, right, who's this dude? Um, So for me to go from just club level to to the next step up was provincial, which is not even super rugby was a massive step, but, you know, I I thrived on um, the challenges, the competitiveness. Uh, People might say my ego is probably too big or, you know, um, arrogant and that, but I had that kind of thrive, that energy in me. You know, I I always wanted to compete against whoever was opposition, the opposite person to me. But I used that in a a positive way that, you know, right, if I'm going to try and get somewhere – I want to be better than that person. And I meant that in a good way because I, that's how much I respected the people that I was playing up against. And, and then obviously, then taking that next level up, you know, you just got to see these people that you're playing against or not against, but the people that you kind of thought like, geez, this is a guy that I wanted to be like, you know, the likes of Tanu the uh, Jonah Longwood, the Christian Cullens at the time, you know, those are the guys that like, I used to watch on TV and think like, all right, I'm going to play club rugby and I'm going to try and see if I can kind of, be be be, be a, a little bit like them, and then to be next time running right next to them was uh you know
0: it was just a crazy time. What was um what was the feeling like stepping out onto the pitch playing against some of the guys that you'd watched on TV?
1: Yeah, it's you know the, the feeling is you know undescribable. You know I don't know I could say a whole lot of words in that, but it was crazy. It was crazy because you run out the goosebumps and. You know, the emotions were just overriding. The good thing was with those guys, you know, they they really stuck around you and kind of kept you grounded. But also at the same time, they allowed you to try and express yourself out there as well. Um, You know, they didn't try. There there was no real um, guys just trying to like, make you sound like you belittle you in any way and that you know everybody there was always trying to bring the best out of you um, and trying to settle you down especially when you're taking your first step up there you know a lot of them just try to make you comfortable so that when you're out there you could probably you know do what you did that got you there in the first place
0: yeah so it's almost like those those guys are trying to like almost normalize the experience for you and like cultivate yeah. that like the work ethic and the mindset so yeah it, you're not so kind of like wound up tight when you get on the pitch.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was tough though because I wouldn't say that a lot of that really works because you, you had so much going on in your head when you're running out there. I mean, you walk out, you run out to, you know, thousands of people out there and you're just like going, shit, this is, you know, totally different to, to, to only like about 20, 30, 40 people that you're usually yeah. running, running around in front of at club rugby.
0: And um, how long how long were you playing in Super Rugby before you were picked to play for Samoa? I was
1: uh, Super Rugby probably for about a couple of seasons before mm-hmm. I was um, playing uh, for, for the national side. But before then, I was already playing for Samoa in the sevens um, right. before I, I was playing in the Super Rugby. Now, um, the only difference is when you're playing sevens, you couldn't really play Super Rugby because it kind of like crossed over um, with, with the... The season. So once you got picked up by the Super Rugby, and once you signed on, you pretty much couldn't play uh, with the with the sevens. And the only time you could play for the national side was when it ran into the calendar.
0: Right, got you. And when when did you? um, So you you got picked up for Samoa after a couple of seasons into playing Super Rugby for the for the fifteen side.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was playing with the Hurricanes at the time. and then I had a stint with uh, with the the Chiefs as well uh, before I went back to the Hurricanes.
0: So cool. yeah. And what was it like getting the getting the call up?
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, you know, I, again, like I said, you know, everything just happened so quickly um, for me at the time. You know, you know, I was trying to gear myself up for just you know playing provincial, and then with the Super Rugby came on. I think for me at the time on my first experience with the sevens, I didn't really have a have a great experience the first time. Um, so I really focused on that um, before I went into the super rugby. Um, and so one thing after another just really went really quickly. So I kind of like didn't really get a chance to um, uh, show what I had been trying to work on in the sevens before I got picked up with the super rugby. Mm-hmm. And then after that, getting onto the nationals, um, you know, everything was just happening so fast. But like I was saying, you know, when I first like exactly the same as when I first stepped out onto the, onto the pitch for, for, for the Hurricanes, it was uh, no different with the, with the Samoan side, only a little bit more special because for me, it was more like about my family. It was about my parents. You know, this is who I was representing. These are the colors that that I'm all about, you know? Uh, Yeah. There was a lot of, passion there was a lot of when the anthem was was being played there was a lot of uh tears they were, they were going as well at the same time so you know all that stuff was kind of new to me and I was still like trying to understand what what the fuck's going on yeah <laughs> you know um and before you know it I was on the pitch and then before you know it we we're back off the pitch the game was over so everything happened so
0: quickly yeah I can imagine it was a pretty uh, pretty overwhelming experience that first time walking out
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, before you know it, you're back off. And then, you know, I was just trying to, you know, reflect and look back, you know, what can kind of happen? You know, you're not even sure about did I even touch the ball when I was out there. You know, you're trying to think about what happened in the whole game. You know, that, those are one of those moments that you'll never get back. So you kind of like try and savor it as much as possible um, because once that 24 hours, you know, crosses over, it's, you know, pretty much put on the back burner and ready for, for the next training and the next game that's ahead.
0: Yeah. And were were there were there any kind of real like big standout you know, aside from obviously the first first time you stepped out playing for your country hearing the anthem, was there any real like um you know standout moments for you, aside from the famous picture of you handing off Brian Habana?
1: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many of those kind of snapshots really I think what they didn't show was uh, I actually uh, missed them when he got me good <laughs> <laughs> no I think uh, probably if I'm honest the, 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 one of the biggest standouts uh, probably if I say two big standouts for me one was uh, that, that my brother had made the, the, the national side so you know for me it was really it was a, it was a uh, real kind of um, emotional time for, for me and him, you know, just to be uh, involved with the national side together as a family and as brothers. So for us, you know, it was, it was uh, uh, yeah, just just one of those moments that, you know, if you don't have family, you know, then you probably won't, won't, won't get to experience it. But this is, you know, for me, it's probably regardless of how many tries I would have made for, 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 for Samoa or any team or, you know, playing my first game that was probably one of the, the biggest uh, moments for myself. And then the other one was probably when I did get um, dropped from, 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 the, from the national side. It really awoken uh, myself uh, to really grow up real quickly because I kind of learned probably from that moment, I learned a whole lot more about myself as a person because I quickly had to make a decision. Um, I could have easily cried about it got pissed off at the coach, which I kind of did get angry at him, but I could have just, you know, not worried about it and just, you know, cried it off. But I quickly got my head together and and wanted to know the reasons as to why and what I needed to work on to get myself back in there. So, you know, that taught me a lot about being grounded and about not taking things for granted and um, to also, you know, fight back for, for, for what you want. If you're very passionate about it, if you really want it there, you're not going to let one person's opinion stop you from, from, from chasing that dream.
0: That's awesome, man. And was that, um, so was that the, the kind of like the last time you played for Samoa or did you go back to playing for them after that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I went back to playing after that, you know, like I said, you know, it was, it was, a huge learning curve for me. Um, you know, one of, one of my biggest, uh, Weaknesses was my defensive um, side of my game, and so that was one thing that I really worked hard on in terms of trying to keep myself on board because there were a whole lot of really good um rugby players that played in the same position, so I knew that that that's one area that that i would that I had to really work on. I knew that was one area that every time I did step onto the pitch that those guys were going to try and um, you know pick me out and and try and you know uh, utilize my weak points and that to try and beat us or, or play against us. So those are areas that I needed to do. And, you know, thankfully, you know, I really took that on board and just, you know, just honed into that kind of skill to get better at. Um, and, you know, luckily for me, or fortunately for me, you know, I got selected again for, for the national side. Um, and from that, you know, I managed to play in a couple of World Cups from it. But, you know, like the biggest thing for me was just, you know, me learning as a person um, to not let things like that get the better of you, but to also learn from it and, you know, take, take, um, take stock of it and then try and get better. If, if, if you ask, you're you going to know what you need, what, what went wrong and what you need to get better at. If you don't, you're going to be stuck for life.
0: What a, um, what a massive lesson to, to take from that as well. Like not just professionally, but personally too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny you say it because there, there's so many times, uh, like, even life after rugby, even to this time, even as a personal trainer, even as a father, I, I look back on those moments and try and think about, right, what happened there, what kind of uh, lessons that I learned there, what did I, what kind of questions that I asked better there that I could, you know, utilize now. And a lot of the times, you know, those are the things that, that come back to mind, you know, right, what is that I need to do better here? Could have I may do better with these situations or how can I change it to, to make better so that I don't have this same situation again or if it does occur, that I can approach a bit better next time.
0: So it's not just, uh, not just lessons on the pitch, but lessons off the pitch as well.
1: Yeah, massively, massively. You know, I think I'm, I'm blessed in a way, you know, that now as a personal trainer, when I look back, those are a lot of uh, le- uh, life lessons that I've been able to um, bring across into, into this field. And it's something that – it's one of the biggest reasons why I love working with a lot of youngsters, whether they're young athletes or not. You know, those are those are, those are little kind of lessons that I think if I, if I, if I share it with these young guys and, and let them know that, you know, I too have made mistakes and I too had to learn a lot. I too got rejected and, you know, was dropped by, by a national side, you know. I hope that with, with those kind of stories, you know, they can see that, well, you know, I'm just as human and just as normal as them. And then hopefully that they can take, you know, one or two things from that and, and go forward with their own uh, lives as well.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's super inspiring for all, the, for all the youngsters you work with, man.
1: Well, I hope so. You know, you know I, I do get a lot of good feedback, but, you know, that's not what it's, like for me, that's not what it's about. I really, when, when you know, I know we haven't got into to being about personal training, but that's one of the big things for me it's not so much you know well, what I get from it. It's what that these youngsters, these clients that I work with, you know, if if, if they can walk out of uh, out the door, you know, feeling like that they've achieved one thing of that day, whether it's they feel good or whether they've you know got that one rep or you know they managed to achieve what they didn't the week before, you know, um, um you know, that that's what makes my day.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. It must be almost like. Um... <laughs> You know, you've you've kind of lived through that whole experience yourself of you know being coached, being mentored by others. It must be nice to be able to stand on the other side of that and give that to all these young athletes coming through the doors.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, you know, I, I have so many uh, adventures and and, and and learned a lot of things. Not just from 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 rugby itself, but you know, I learned a lot growing up as a youngster. You know, with a lot of people that I've. I've, I've um you know grew up with you know a lot of friends you know that th- th- that I've grown up with as well you know i've seen what's happened to them and and the the journeys the the roads that they've taken but you know i' I'm, I'm never one to say that i'm you know i'm i'm perfect because i'm still still trying to be better you know every day you know i know that um especially like even as a personal trainer i know like like yourself you know i i, I learned a lot from the likes of yourself with uh, my other colleagues, you know, Borley and Ted, you know, there's so much, even if it's just one thing, whether it's an exercise or it's a lesson why you've done it, you know, that, that, that's something for me that I know that I can continue to grow that little bit taller, um, and, and whether it's in my head or to, 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 as a person, you know, you know, I would never think that I'm a finished product in, in yeah. that sense, you know, and at, at the same time, you know, <laughs> things that I've, that I've learned along the way, then I can relate to, to these youngsters, you know, I'm always ready to share with them. And hopefully with that, it'll give them that little bit more strength in themselves.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And how, how did you go then from, from playing professional rugby, from playing in two world cups, what was the journey out of that and into personal training? Cause I know you moved from over from New Zealand over to the UK, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I had a couple of seasons in, uh, in Scotland, in Glasgow, you know, uh, the first season was a bit of a bit of an up and down um, roller coaster. Um, I would probably go to say that um, I might have let my uh, ego get probably too bigger for me, and, and try to try to be the guy that runs the show. Um, but at the same time, I think I try to get myself together at the same time. But for whatever it was, it wasn't a great uh, first season. Second season, I made sure that I knuckled down and try to, you know, give back for for what what they deserved that that they that they asked for from me. And, um, you know, at the end of that season, it was it was all about kind of like me thinking about right, what are what are my options when I do finish rugby? You know, I grew up pretty much, you know, working out a lot because uh, these are the things that my my older family cousins and they were doing, you know, they were bench pressing um, bricks off the wall and that, you know, uh, that they were just chucking it on, on a big steel pipe and and bench pressing away with that and squatting away with that. So those are the kinds of stuff that I kind of learned growing up were in the gym and out. Um, and for me, that just seemed like the perfect transition. You know, I met and worked with a whole lot of, Um, great coaches uh, with with the teams that I played with, you know, strength and conditioning coaches. And it just made sense for me. So that's the kind of path that I wanted to go down. And, you know, that's where I am today. And that's what I try and offer back to to, to a lot of um, my clients. Not everybody that I work with are rugby players, but it's it's pretty much – uh, evidently, that when 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 you see me getting on with with, with the rugby player that I'm working with, you know you can see it brings a lot out of me in that sense. Um, and that's it is what it is. You yeah. know, I love I love the game, I love sport, and that's how I work.
0: And it's um you know obviously I've, I I work with you for for three and a bit years uh, when we worked together, but it's not just uh, young rugby players that you work with as well. There's some some really phenomenal young athletes for all sorts of different sports that you work with too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've come across you know, a lot of uh, you know hockey players, netball players, you know, you know, and, and a lot of them have you know looked to, to to push on, and that's that's one of the things. You know, I think what I try and educate a lot of the, the sports people that in the gym it is for any sports. You know, you're there to obviously you have your goals, but most for most parts you're there to get stronger, faster, and you know, and fitter. Um, and you know, that's that's what what I can help you with and hopefully at the same time, you know, I can try and build a bit of confidence within the person um so that they can go forward and and, and get as close as they can to, to their goals and you know, and if you know you're fortunate, you'll be able to go further than that.
0: Absolutely. And did did you find with moving into personal training, did you find there was any challenges moving from that kind of mindset of being the athlete to coaching the athlete
1: yeah yeah great question you know that, that was one of the things um i kind of like first noticed um how different it was to be on the other side of the fence if you like um you know as an athlete you you would have thought like far out. i used to see the uh, the strength and conditioning coaches i was going, like, man you guys you guys got such an easy job look we've got to do all this lifting and stuff what are you guys doing what do you guys do with most of your time um but when you're on the other side, there's so much more work that goes on as a personal trainer or a strength and conditioning coach. You know, the programming, the understanding of the athletes, the different clients that you've got to work for. So, you know, I, I you know, as soon as I made that transition and I learned like, you know, straight away, I was, you know, I kind of like, you know, felt like a dickhead, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, I I, I take my hat off to, to those trainers, um, you know, the, the amount of hours and work that they do. But I think that, that that's why it made me more passionate about being a personal trainer and about over-delivering every time because I can understand now how important that is and to not uh, take for granted what it is like on the other side of the fence. So, you know, a lot of the, the even the, today's professional um, players, when I talk to them about it, you know, what do they see, you know, with their coaches and, and how do they feel about how they run their programs and stuff like that? You know, you, you get different um, views and that, but a lot of them were pretty much naive like myself back in the days, you know. But I'm quickly this time to put them in their spot and tell them what it's really like.
0: <laughs> so, and do you, do you still have some involvement with like – um you know, not like formal involvement with professional rugby, but you said you still speak to a lot of professionals right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is. I think uh, what I'm, you know, very fortunate about being here in Newcastle on in the northeast and, and UK. You know, there's a lot of island boys that come and play for the professional side the Falcons. So it's great that you know I can still keep in touch with them. You know, with regardless of what it is. You know, whether it's uh, to help them with. Um, some training in the off-season if needed, or it's just a catch-up, you know, because a lot of those brothers come from back home. So it's it's nice to, uh, you know, just to have that connection from back home because it was a, it was a tough um, decision to kind of, like, move over here with me and my wife because we could have easily gone back to New Zealand, but we wanted to try the UK first. And if it didn't work, we were going to head home, obviously. We've been here for about 10 years now and we've, we've loved every bit of it here. So it's nice to have these guys across here. And, you know, when, when, I, when I catch up with those guys, it just, you know, it gives me that little bit more uh, closeness to home, if you like.
0: Yeah, that must be really nice to still have that, uh, still have that connection.
1: Yeah, yeah, big time. I think uh, if it wasn't for the Falcons, you know, it'll be a a little bit different. So thank goodness uh, this uh, next season they're going back up as well.
0: Yeah, man, finally. (laughs) And, um, you know, all all of this is going on, you're PTing and, you know, as well as coaching, um, you know, you you coach people who aren't athletes as well, but, you know, you you coach a lot of young athletes and you're in touch with all the, um, you know, all the boys through rugby. You're also a father of three. And what's what's it like managing, you know, the two girls and, and your little boy now? Um, what's it like being a dad on top of all of that as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a challenging uh, role. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, like, like firstly, you know, I, you know, I've got to give you know all the credit to to, to my wife, South. You know, she's done a you know an amazing job. Um you know, as a mother and holding the house down and especially, uh, you know, as a, as a mother looking after these guys and bringing them up, you know, she's done a great job with, with the oldest, uh, Zamora, and with Talia, and now we've got the little guy who's, uh, you know, trying, trying to take the role of running the house. But, <laughs> you know, as a father, I don't think, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a very challenging job. But it's also a very rewarding one. You know, I love um, my own time. I love you know having that space. But there's there's nothing more rewarding than being a father and seeing what you do with your kids. And that. now, you know, I, I would be the first to say I am far from 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 being the best father. And that you know, there are times when. I probably could be there a lot more. There are times when I could probably do a better job as a father, um, but you know i 'm not here to try and win the fathers of the, the of the Year or the best father award. What I do love is you know seeing when when moments like very little moments when you see them working together, playing together. Those are the things that I cherish a lot when you see uh, your 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 little ones you know their first walks, their first words. You know, things like that are things that you can't take for granted. You're not going to get back. Because as soon as, you know, when we first had the, the, the oldest one, we were always like about like, oh, I can't wait till she walks. And then shit, once she walked, it was all over. You know, it was all about <laughs> trying to chase her everywhere she was going. So then after that, I was trying to hold, hopefully, uh, the other ones didn't, uh, you know, walk as fast as her. So now you've got all three walking in and you're trying to control the whole lot. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenging uh, job. So, you know, I think being a personal trainer and getting time there uh, as a father, I think, you know, that's the time where you can probably have your space away from them and get your head down. But I think as uh, when, when I do get home, I do try my best to take them off Sal's hands so she can have, have a bit of, bit of time for herself. But like I said, you know, I would probably uh, come nowhere close to the work that she's done as, 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 as a parent for, for our little ones
0: it sounds like um, you know a lot of the things that you learned growing up and playing rugby that was you know that was a big teacher for you for for your whole life from like transitioning out of rugby and you know upskilling yourself and improving yourself as a PT but also like taking that into your personal life and you know like also being being the the awesome dad that you are too
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know about awesome dad but thanks bro <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it now. Nah. Uh, I'll
0: get you a mug nah, if you want.
1: Yeah, yeah, sweet. I've got that. <laughs> nah, bro, you know, uh, I think, you know, there, there, there's so much that, that, that I have learned, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm truly blessed and gracious about the life that I've had. Yeah, that's not the, uh, the glamorous uh, five star or any kind of way. But, you know, I wouldn't change it in any way, you know. Like I could have played rugby a lot earlier and I could have had a different route, you know. Um, but it wouldn't have given me what I have today, you know, if I, if I, if I changed it. So, you know, people ask me a lot when, when I was coming through, you know, you could have played for the All Blacks if you, if you chose to play for them. Would you? I said, you know, uh, I was asked to play for someone and I didn't even think a second for, you know, this was an opportunity and I wanted it. this is who I want to represent, you know, and, and that's what got me to where I am today. You know, so things like that, you know, like, you know, I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't even got to meet yourself, Jack. I wouldn't have got to meet the brothers that I work with, you know, and, and, and work with these youngsters who, who kind of like, you know, for me, you know, they're the ones who inspire me every day. They're the ones, the reasons why I get up and work hard to try and help them, you know, as well as my family but you know i have learned a lot along the way but man i'm still i'm still learning today even bro even at 44 45 uh, i still got plenty to learn
0: yeah that, i think that's a really important uh, really important <laughs> attitude to have as well and you know clearly it's got you a long way so far and i know it's it's things that um you're taught with with the people you train and you know seeing these young athletes come through the doors and you know maybe having big dreams and big aspirations but you know do you think there's if there is any anyone sort of listening who who has that or knows someone who has those aspirations, what what do you think are some of the important things to to kind of bear in mind when you're working towards something like that?
1: Yeah, wow, big question.
0: Yeah, sorry, I, put, I really put you on the spot there. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I won't won't you know make any names and that, but you know, I think. There will be challenges along the way, you know, everybody has a goal, you know, regardless of how big it is, you know, for, 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 for everyone, the, their goal is absolutely massive. I would just say, you know, you're going to have people who will doubt you. You're going to have people who will laugh at you, people who will probably help build you up. And when you get to almost there, they will also try and bring you back down, be prepared for that because the journey is certainly not going to be easy. Um, if, you, if, you, if, if you embrace these challenges and if you understand and accept it that this is what's going to happen, that you're going to be ready for people that are going to give you a whole lot of shit, uh, along the way people who are going to laugh because they can't do it themselves, then I think you're going to be in a good place knowing that you're already aware and know that this was going to happen. I think you're going to be in a much stronger place to keep pushing through because there'll be maybe not just a day, not just a week, there could be months and it could be even a year that it would take you a lot of battling through these kind of people, even if it's not about other people, it'll be, you know, just, you know, decisions that you make along the way. I would just say, you know, just, just don't stop. You know, like I said, even, you know, I've, I've learnt a lot through my times and negative um, situations that I've I made a big decision of turning it into a positive, whether I got rejected or whether people are saying that I'm a, not a great player. I've always used it as fuel for good and, and where I want to go because it's not about them. It's about you and your own journey. People will always, whether you get there or not, they are still going to be, there'll still be a whole lot of people out there that are just like that. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Um, but, man, it's your goal. Don't give it to nobody. Be you all the way, regardless. You will fall every now and then. But as long as you can pick yourself up
0: and keep going, no one's going to stop you. Solid gold, mate. Solid gold. <laughs> and, um... To, you know, just to finish on right now because we we can't really get away from talking about the subject. How have you managed with, um, you know, obviously the situation we find ourselves right in at the moment, being in isolation and still managing work and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie; it's it's a, it's a challenging time, and you know, I'm not going to say that it's just myself. You know, I know that you know the world is battling through this COVID nineteen um, issue at the moment. You know, and You know, I'm I'm so used to getting up. You know, I have, you know, these, you know, a a bit more structure in my days. I'm up early as in the morning, getting the girls um, breakfast and and their lunch ready. And then I'm out the door ready for for, for, um, the gym. And, you know, I have that kind of ritual, not ritual, but structure for, for my days going every day. And to kind of like, I still try and get up at five thirty, and try and make the most of it as normal as possible. But you know, it's certainly not the same. So I don't try and pretend that it is the same. I just try and make make best of the situation. You know, I think we're very, very lucky that we have technology that has helped us make this slightly easier than what it could have been. Um, I think. You know, we've heard it a lot probably um, with, with many people just saying, you know, about like trying to make best of the situation and trying to find a positive part about it, you know, and that's that's the best you can really do, you know. I guess one of the best things as a father and being in this kind of situation that I find as a silver lining is the time that I get to spend with my kids and my wife, Um even though it's not always the case, you know, I try and, uh, you know, send them out the back and the, to the backyard go and play so I can have a little bit of time to myself. But hey, you know, I am who I am. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, the, the the biggest heroes of this are, you know, the people on the front line and And I think they don't get enough um, praise for the work that they do uh, for sure, you know, but I hope, you know, that, that soon sooner rather than later that we'll all get through this you know i know that we will finally get through it but hopefully uh you know for uh, for for a whole lot of the world's sanity they will get through it a lot quicker a lot sooner rather than later but yep. yeah
0: you and me both man and <laughs> for, for anyone looking to you know come and find find yourself where's the best place to come and find you like socials or
1: yeah, so you can, you can find me on, 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 on Instagram, on uh, my name, Lomi Fartel. So I can't remember if it's uh, Lomi underscore Fartel or if it's just Lomi Fartel because um, I think the Twitter is one or the other as well. Um, but those are the two places that you find me most of the time. Um, you, might, you might get me jigging a little bit on the TikTok, but don't worry don't, 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 don't too much about it. <laughs> you'll probably find me more and more
0: on the Insta. <laughs> and uh, of course, you'll be on Storm's page as well.
1: And on Storm's page. Well, oh, those guys, oh yeah, Storms. That's right. I've been be out of work for, for that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys, that's right. They employed me. Yeah, that it, Storm.
0: <laughs> well look, man, thank you so much for for taking the time today. I know you're um you're you queued up waiting to get into the shops. Um, like you know, was <laughs> queuing around the back of Tesco and Morrison's and stuff. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time out your day to speak today, man. Cause it's, it's stories that, that we've shared before and, you know, I've been super grateful for it because I've, I know you said, you know, you learned bits from me, but I learned a hell of a lot from you uh, working together. So it's, it's nice to be able to share this with everyone as well.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Jack, man. Thank, thanks. Thanks. Uh, you know, just, just for giving up your time to, and, and, and uh, for having me on, on, on your podcast,
0: brother. My you pleasure, know, I'm mate. very grateful for it. Thanks a lot. So I hope you all enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording it. Lome's a great guy and I think his lessons are really really invaluable and it's something that you know regardless of the goals that we have I think they're lessons that we can all apply. The last thing I'm going to do is ask if you've really enjoyed this to leave a rating for it to pass it on and to give it a like and I would really really appreciate that because the more we can share these stories the better.